Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Hi, I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, welcome to another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Scripture also says that the just shall live by faith. And Jesus said that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you can always find God's will in his word. You can find his will in his word. So scripture tells us to study, to show ourselves approved workmen who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that's what we do at Raymond Word of Faith, the word church. We are a Bible teaching ministry. We rightly divide the word of truth. We study to show ourselves approved. And as you do that, Holy Spirit that lives in you, the spirit that you get when you're born again, your spirit gets alive to God. It becomes holy. Uh, God starts to teach you through his spirit. And actually, Jesus said in John six, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life, which brings me to my subject. You know, the scripture says over in Second uh, Timothy, chapter three, that uh, there's going to be perilous times. You know, people I'm, I'm just going to read the scripture. It says in Second uh, Timothy, chapter three, know this also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For people shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontentment, despisers of those that are good, traitors, haughty, high-minded, lovers of pleasure than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Therefore, from such people, turn away. He also says this about them in verse 7, always learning and never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. And then he says this, uh, I'm going to drop down a couple more verses, verse 12. He says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we have to be on guard to not being deceived by the deceiver, which is Satan. He is a spirit and he wants to deceive God's people. And the Bible says that in these last days or times, and I believe we're there now that that people are going to have this form of godliness, Christians, they're going to have a form of godliness, but they're going to deny, they're going to be denying the power of God, which I believe that that's the power of love because the scripture says in first John that God is love. So they're not going to walk in love. They're going to be like the religious Pharisees was back in Jesus time. They, they looked all godly. They, they dressed the part, but they really wasn't really walking in it. And Jesus said that uh, every plant that his heavenly father has not planted shall be uprooted. Again, he was referencing the Pharisees, the scribes and Pharisees. And again, I believe today the churches are filled up with a bunch of scribes and Pharisees and God does not want us to be scribes. He wants us to be the body of Christ, the church, 
the real church, Jesus's hands and feet on earth. And again, all throughout the scriptures, specifically the New Testament, it gives us instruction on righteousness. And again, for me, the Bible is, is the constitution for the Christian. It's the constitution. The original U.S. Constitution w- was pulled out of the Bible, the three branches of government. So that's our con- that's our owner's manual, the handbook, the constitution. And the scripture also says in Timothy that the holy scriptures are able to make one wise for salvation, that the man and woman of God may be thoroughly complete for every good work. So that's where God wants us. So we have to always go back to the word of God and, 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 and let that be our truth. And again, for me, truth is the highest form of reality. And, and Jesus said, I am the truth, the way and the life. And, and he's the word of God as well, says in Revelation. So we got to always go back to the word of God as our truth and let that be our guiding force. Let that be our the road that we walk on. And again, that road's called grace. So I was just uh, on Facebook yesterday and, and a brother in Christ, he, he posted something. And again, I just want to say this for Christians. We're not to have any biblically, scripturally, we're not to have any allegiance to political parties. Our allegiance is supposed to be to the kingdom of God. And Jesus is the king of that kingdom forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. So he wants us to be sold out to his government. The books, the Bible says over in Isaiah nine, unto us a child is given. Uh, a king is born and, and of the end of his government, his kingdom, there shall be no end. So Jesus is the king of the kingdom of God. And that's the kingdom that we're in. The Bible says once you get born again, you're now citizens of heaven. Yes, in America or whatever country you live in, you have dual suited citizenship. But your first allegiance is supposed to be to the kingdom of God. And I can say this because the Bible says that those of us who are saved, we've been purchased or bought with the precious blood of God. We've been redeemed with not corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the word of God. So it says that because Jesus died for us, we ought to live for him. So we live for his kingdom. And Jesus came promoting the program of the kingdom of God. He said it in Mark 1, 4, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And all throughout the Bible, even in Acts, it says Jesus appeared to them for 40 days and 40 nights talking about the things that pertain to the kingdom of God. Over in Colossians, he says we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of, of his dear son. And again, God expects us to have total allegiance to the kingdom of God. And yes, I'm going to say because we have dual citizenship here on earth and in heaven that uh, we have a right to, to, to exercise our right to vote and vote for whoever we felt led to vote for. But at the same time, the scripture tells us to look unto Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith, because he's our Lord and savior and Lord means owner. He saved your life, not a politician. So we got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and get out of this, that these politicians are going to help us. No, God is our help. Always, regardless of who's in office or who's the elected official, God is still always our source. That's why the scripture says he will keep those in perfect peace whose minds is fixed and focused and and trusted and stayed on him. And and that's what God wants his people to be. He wants our minds to be fixed and focused and and stayed and trusted on him. Scripture says over in uh, first Chronicles 714, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and they, they, they'll, I'll, they'll hear from heaven and I'll heal the land. So God wants us 
to be totally sold out for Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the, the, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords and his kingdom. And again, that's why the scripture says, as it relates to praying in Matthew six, thy kingdom come, God's kingdom come, God's will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And, and to date, I haven't seen a, 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 a president or a candidate that's running for office do that. You know, Jesus gave us an example that we should follow until I see one that comes in office and you know, that Claire, Jesus Christ is Lord without a shame. And then, uh, yeah, he'll have my support. But other than that, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's our role model. He's the sample son. He's our an example. And the scripture says Jesus gave us an example that we shall follow. So I said all that to say this because yesterday I was reading on Facebook and it was in the media. Uh, there was a group of pastors, actually a group of African-American pastors. That's what I saw from a glance. And uh, they laid hands on Hillary Clinton. And I saw on Facebook that some of my, I'm going to say conservative Christian friends, they had a problem with that. And I'm like, how would you dare have a problem with somebody laying hands on somebody and, and, and praying over them or imparting an anointing on them? Because that's what the laying of, of hands does. You're imparting. So again, we sometimes think God can't use certain pr people. And again, I'm not advocating or promoting any political party, anybody. I promote the Bible and the kingdom of God. But I know what God, the Bible says as it relates to seeking and saving those who are lost. And I know what we're supposed to be. God deliberately plants us to righteous, to Christians in the world. And he wants us to be light. He deliberately plants the righteous among the wicked. And he told us to let our light so shine. So when we have a problem about laying hands on anybody, you know, including politicians or those who are running for office or elected officials. I think we should do that because all in the Bible, you know, God uses people. We sometimes think, oh, he can't use him. He can't use them. He can't use me. Well, if you study to show yourself approved, you'll learn, you'll find out, it'll be revealed to you that you can. And, and I was thinking about David early. I was talking to my manager about the same issue. We were talking about David, how, uh, you know, he was anointed king at, at 12. God had already anointed him. The prophet Samuel went to his house and anointed him as king. And God always uses the least likely people. He went through seven brothers until he got to the eighth one. David was the eighth one. He was out back tending sheep. So his father didn't even think, you know, he showed the prophet all the other brothers didn't even consider David, but he said, there, there's one more. It's got to be one more here. And he, of course, he brought out David. And we know the rest of the story. He was anointed king, but he didn't, you know, start ruling as king till years later. So anyway, as he ruled, as he was in office as king, biblically, we know what happened. He committed adultery. And not only he committed adultery, he had Bathsheba's husband killed by putting him on the front lines of the battlefield. And, and God still was able to use him as he repented. But God says, you know what? He's a man after my own heart. And again, I'm not justifying what he did. I'm just saying how God can use people. And we sometimes discount God and think, oh, because that person believes this or that person believes that or they're this. Well, God won't use them. God can use anybody and he can change the heart of anybody. That's all I'm saying right there. And that's what he does. He specializes in, in heart transformation, heart transplants. He can use anybody. And us as Christians, we should know that. We should understand that. 
Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. Scripture says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So when we start thinking, well, God won't use them or can't use him, you're now belittling God. Because the scripture said, with God, all things are possible. He can use anybody he wills to use. And it's for us, the church, the body of Christ, the saints, the Christians, to intercede, stand in the gap. Pray, pray for folks, lay hands on folks. Jesus went so far to even say, well, pray for your enemies. Bless those that persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. So that's our commandment. That's what our Constitution uh, declares, commands us to do. So we have to be in compliance with that because I'm reminded of a scripture in James. It says, just don't be hearers of the words only deceiving yourself, but be not just hearers of the word, but doers also. So now we got to do what Jesus commanded us to do. He commanded us to bless those that praise good. He commanded us to seek and save those along. He commanded us to speak good things over people. He didn't tell us to curse people with our mouth or our words. He says, pronounce blessings over. Them. And I understand that a good man at Matthew 12, 33, a good man out of good treasures of his heart bring forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures or deposits of his heart, that's what you're going to bring forth. But we're supposed to bring forth the kingdom and how we do that, the kingdom of God, how we do that by releasing faith filled, positive words. We can speak a blessing into somebody's lives. Look at, you know, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. They spoke blessings over their children. We're supposed to do that today. Again, the Bible is our instruction manual. It's our constitution. It's, it's the owner's handbook. So we use that as we're doing life. And Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And also, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul. Uh, just before he was Paul, we understand what he, he was doing. He was persecuted God's people, the church, the body of Christ, the saints, both women and children. He hauled them off to have them murdered because he had no understanding. But he was religious. He had that form of godliness, but he was denying the power of love and the power of, of the will of God. He leaned to his own understanding by the things that he did. And uh, he went out persecuting the body of Christ. Till one day on that Damascus road, God revealed the truth, the way, and the life to him. Because he fell off that horse, I guess that lightning bolt or whatever hit him. And his response was, was Lord. And the response that came back to him is, why are you persecuting me? It was Jesus telling Paul, why are you persecuting me? So Paul had no understanding, no revelation of of Jesus Christ was Lord. But after that day, he did. And then God started using him. And we know what people said. People were saying, other Christians were saying, well, God couldn't use him. They was actually afraid because they understood what Paul was doing previously to his conversion. He was persecuting the church. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He had that form of godliness, but denying the power of love and, and the power of transformation. And some of us Christians, we can be like that today. We'll forget that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We'll forget that God takes the foolish things to confound the wise, that not too many mighty, not too many noble are called. God will use anybody that he desires to use. So how dare we get mad and start saying negative stuff about anybody laying hands on anybody or imparting a blessing into them to prosper and succeed in what uh, God's preordained and predestined them to do. I was just thinking about uh, uh, just, you know, praying for folks. We're, we're, we're called to pray for folks and, and impart blessings. So God wants us to, to be a blessing to everybody around us and, and not be so judgmental and not 
rely on this world system. He wants us to, to, to look unto him and his word as the author and the finisher of our faith. So we don't want to be those who have a form of godliness, denying God's power. We want to demonstrate his power and, and not just in word, but indeed we, that's how people are going to be drawn to us. It's not, it's by our love. It's not by our hate. It's by our love. We're, we're to love people. Again, Jesus went so far and said, I want you to bless those that persecute you. I want you to now pray for those who spitefully use you. So when you're praying for your enemies or even somebody you don't agree with, you're now pleasing to God because that was the command. That's what he told us to do. So, again, when I see stuff on Facebook like that, you know, Christians, you know, being led by their political party and not being led by Christ because this person don't have full revelation of a of, of, of Bible. Well, obviously, you don't either. If you're doing the opposite, you're just killing or cursing with your tongue, with your words and the Bible says death and life is in the power of words and the power of our tongue or what we're saying. So we got to get a revelation of, of speaking faith filled positive words and, and a revelation of, of impartation. Because, again, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God because of Adam's transgression in the garden, him and Eve. Every person has a sin nature. And here's the deal. God wants everybody to be saved. And he doesn't write anybody off. But it seems like as certain Christians and who are led by the political parties, they write certain people off. We do that with our family members. We write certain people off. Well, they'll, they'll never get saved. God couldn't do, wouldn't do anything to them. Well, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. God can transform anybody. The, the disciples asked Jesus, well, 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 Jesus, who can be saved? And he said, well, with men, it's impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. And that should be our mindset as Christians, as mature Christians. We should understand that with God, all, that's why he told us to pray for one another, pray for those who are in authority. We're supposed to pray for elected officials, not condemn them. We're supposed to be lifting them up, interceding them, lifting them up to God and allow God to speak to their hearts. Remember, he's the heart transformer. Allow him to speak to their hearts. But we're using our words to do the opposite. We're using our words to curse. And the Bible says in the book of James, does bitter and sweet water come out the same vessel or orifice? And it says that ought not be so. We should speak blessings and understand that our words, there's power in our words. So when we're laying hands or imparting, something's coming out of us from heaven going into them. So we shouldn't get mad about that. And if you are one that gets mad at that, you have not so learned Christ. We have to learn Christ. And now, now we have to demonstrate Christ as we go through our lives. And I tell people every day, life is going to give you an opportunity to prove what that good and perfect and acceptable will of God is. It's going to give you an opportunity to prove that you're that you've been transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because we're going to find out what you believe as life starts happening, what start, what come out your mouth, as pressure come on, things that make you uneasy. We're going to find out, are you going to respond like Jesus, which the Bible says that you're his body, you're his hands and feet on the earth. And again, that's a lot of revelation in that. We're God's hands and feet. How are people going to know God, know Christ, if, if we're being hateful, if we're always judgmental, not knowing that everybody has a sin nature, not knowing that God has a plan and purpose for everybody's life. I was thinking about that with laying hands in Jesus. Also, he went over the, the, the money, the gathering demoniac. 
Well, Jesus could have said, no, we're not going to go lay hands and pray in him and cast them demons out because he's too far gone. We're going to let him just stay demonically oppressed. No, Jesus said, come on, let us go over to the other side to handle some kingdom business. Mary, Mary Magdalene, I think the scripture says she had 20, 30, 100 demons in them. She had so many, but Jesus had her on the team. She was demonically possessed. So again, I just want to encourage listeners, read the Bible, study the scriptures and find out what God's will is. Again, we think that God can't use people anymore. And again, I just gave those examples about the Gazarene demoniac. You know, those demons started speaking, saying, we are legion. We are many. And Jesus was like, well, I'm still going to set this young man free. I'm still going to go over there and speak blessings over. We're going to cast those demons out of them. And that should be our mindset in the church, the body of Christ. We should, the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. We should think about, the Bible even tells us, know ye no man after the flesh. Meaning you got to start seeing people like God sees them. He sees them as souls, souls needing to be saved. That's why the scripture says Jesus came to uh, to seek and save those who, who were lost. He came to restore us back to God. All people, not some people, but all people. He desires that no man to perish, but all come to repentance. That's God's desire that every person be saved. And the scripture said anybody that call on his name shall be saved. So it's our job to pray those folks in, to stand in the gap, to be interceders. The Bible says in first John, for this purpose was the son of man made manifest that he may destroy the works of the devil. Well, the works of the devil started in the garden of Eden. That sin nature came on humanity. And Jesus said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. But now after his death, burial and resurrection, he says, I'm going to anoint you, the body of Christ, the church, those who receive me as Lord and Savior to go and make disciples. He didn't say go and push them away, go make them. Cause scripture says Jesus looked out at the multitudes of people and he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And we should have that same mind. We should look out on people and have compassion, not judgmental, but have compassion. Now we sh with compassion, I'm going to start interceding. Jesus over in John, I believe 15, he prayed for the body of Christ. He prayed that we would be as one as he and the father and the Holy Spirit are one. So that should be our mindset, church, body of Christ. And hopefully this ignites your faith on fire, you know, to not to just be a hearer of the word only or not to lean to your own understanding and say, well, I think it should be this way. No, go to the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make one wise unto salvation and find out what God thinks and then get the revelation of what God thinks. Don't try to make it fit into what you wanted to think, because remember, Scripture says God is love. He's not hate. He's love. He loves sinners. Scripture says Jesus died for the ungodly. God loves sinners and we all are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We're not sinners anymore. Once we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and, and his redemptive works. Now we're righteous and God desires all people to become righteous. And that's what should be our desire. We should always want what God wants. And you can find out what God wants is in his word. That's why Jesus said man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. And the scripture says in Hebrews 4, 12, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It says in Ephesians 6, his word is the sword of the spirit. That's what we fight with. We don't, we, we use God's word and we stand in the gap, we intercede, we lay hands. And also when we're laying hands, we can heal the sick by laying hands. That's what the scripture says in James 5, 14. 
laying hands. So when you're imparting or laying hands on somebody, nothing's coming off on you, especially if you know who you are. If you're grounded and rooted in the faith, if you're spiritually mature, you're imparting something. So hopefully the, the, the pastors yesterday that laid hands on Hillary Clinton, prayerfully, there was an impartation of righteousness, impartation of God's plan and purpose. Something happened supernaturally to her. And again, we kind of sometimes, again, discount God. Oh, that was just for then. No, that's for now. Scripture says God's the same yesterday and today and forevermore. And we have to believe that God is the same today, yesterday and forevermore. And he wants to seek and save those who are lost. He loves people. He loves them so much. God loves people so much. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for people. Yeah, to die for everybody, not just for certain people, not just for Republicans, not for just Democrats, not for just independents. But God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that those who received him may have eternal life, meaning they can become righteousness. They can have a right relationship, be in right standing with God. That's what it means to be saved. And that should be the churches, the body of Christ, the saints mindset. We're soul winners, man. We're going to intercede. We're going to pray. No, God doesn't. A lot of things God don't like, but he loves. He loves people. He don't like sin. And we shouldn't like sin either. So now we're, that's why you start learning how to pray. Bible says the affected fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. So he says, pray for folks. Pray for those who are in authority. Scripture says, Concerning elected officials, those in authority, police chiefs, anybody that's in authority, principals, superintendents, presidents, congressmen, senators, we're supposed to be praying for them. And what we're praying is thy kingdom come. Thy will, God, your will be done in, in their lives here on earth as it is in heaven. But we don't want to do that. We want to lean to our own understanding and we want to talk about them. We want to we want to cut them down with our tongue. We want to use that two edged sword to rip them up. He said, no, you, you bless people. That's who we are. That's what separates us from the world. We're kingdom citizens. And we, we're, we have the mind of Christ. We desire that none should perish, but all may have eternal life. So we're going to intercede. We're going to stand in the gap. We're going to pray for them. We're going to pray them in the kingdom. We're going to pray that they have a, a, a God uh, encounter, a divine encounter with God, he, like, like with Saul. Yeah, like he did with us. <laughs> That's what we want to believe as the body of Christ. That's what God's called us to do. So I want to encourage you to ignite your faith on fire. And the Bible says, you know, don't just be a hearer of the word only, but be a doer. That is so important. Not to be just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Well, I'm out of time, but I'm definitely not out of word or faith. And I want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more 
Faith on Fire.